Okay. Okay. <laughs> Every time. I hate it. Um, hello, my podcast people. Welcome back. Um, welcome. If you're a first time listener, welcome back. If this is not your first time, this is Parent Tell. My name is Kayla. We are here to tell you about the not so much talked about aspects of pregnancy, parenthood, postpartum. Um, basically because mainstream society tends to really romanticize everything. And so when you go into it as a prospective parent, I think we kind of think it's going to be the way that it's portrayed in movies and TV. And that's about like 10% of it, 15% of it. And I feel like that's me being generous. So we're here to talk about the things that you won't see um, in your basic Google search and on your social media feed. Um, I have a second time guest. This is my first time having a repeat guest and I'm very excited. You guys, (laughs) Vanessa is back. Hi, Vanessa. Hello. Hi, Kayla. Hi. So Vanessa was my very first um, guest for my very first episode ever. And it was so much fun. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, highly suggest go back. Uh, we talk about being a stay-at-home mom and what that's like, and also the just ridiculous stereotypes um, that are out there in the world. And I will say, Vanessa, your episode is actually the most downloaded episode out of all that's of them. That's just because it's first. You got to get the... <laughs> Well, well, I thought maybe that's why, but I really think it's because your episode is just really good. Like, I just think it's, (laughs) we can all think that. Well, that's what what you tell all of your guests. (laughs) Yes. When we're not recording. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I pretty much knew I've had your name down for this episode, like since I wrote down the idea for this episode. So, which was three months ago. So this has been a long time coming. We are going to be talking to you about breastfeeding, chest feeding, um, exclusive pumping, nursing, formula feeding, nourishing your baby. Um, when I was like brand new postpartum, I remember talking to you probably the most um, out of everyone, just like, I would ask you questions. Um, I would vent to you. You sent me like a care package of things for my boobs. <laughs> it's so funny you say that. Cause I feel like I didn't talk to you that much. Really? I see. I to- like, it sticks out in my mind that like, well, I'm glad <laughs> also, I mean, you said, I think it was like literally the next day you were no, just like, that it arrived at my You know, it arrived at my doorstep and I was just like, holy shit, this is, it was just nice to have someone to talk to who I could be vulnerable with and who had been there in the trenches, who knew what I was going through. So I'm, as you and I have talked about, we're really excited about diving into this um, episode and I want to make sure that we cover everything that you and I have to say. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to stay on topic and on it's task. A heavy topic. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, and there, it, cause it's just so much more complex than everyone thinks. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so why don't we do this first? Cause I want to make yeah. sure that like we're talking, but I know that our stories are similar, but very different at the same time. So why don't we start with you telling us about your breastfeeding journey? Cause you have two kids. Um, yeah. 
And so what was it like with your first kid with Charlotte? What was it like with Morgan? Just kind of in general, how, what was it like for you? So I have two children. Charlotte is four. Morgan is almost two, which is so weird. And like six, no, like in less four than, weeks yeah, something. it's kind of wild. Um, breastfeeding was incredibly hard for both of my children. And, um, as I dive into the difficulties, I also want to preface it with saying, um, I actually did end up breastfeeding, uh, Charlotte for 17 months and I'm still breastfeeding Morgan at 23 months. Um, so as hard as it was, with a lot of help and resources, um, I we continued on. So with Charlotte, Charlotte um, was born and she sort of refused to latch, refused to eat. Um, I resorted to the nipple shield, which is not a big old en- enemy like a lot of people like to make it seem mm-hmm. until we got into an IBCLC, um, Which for is. anyone, for anyone who doesn't know, they are, um, not lactation consultants. They are actually like the experts in the field who have degrees and they know much more than a lactation consultant does. Not that lactation consultants aren't amazing, but Nothing it's just wrong with them. It's just a this step just above. A yeah. Yes. Um, and when I got into the IPCLC, who I used for both of my girls, her name is Katie Madden, um, and her company is called Balance Breastfeeding. I highly recommend them to everyone. Well, them by her. It's just one woman. Um, I found out Charlotte had a lip tongue tie. So we got the revision and we were able to start breastfeeding and, still took maybe like, no, it took me 16 weeks to get off that nipple shield. Wow. And then we, after that, I mean, really had a great breastfeeding journey the rest of the time. Um, I thought it couldn't get worse. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, and then I had Morgan and Morgan latched Um, but I knew right away her latch was wrong because I was in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. You should not be in pain when you nurse. Um, I knew like knew immediately I could see by then that she had a lip tongue tie went back to Katie. She confirmed it, but she always refers out to, um, a dentist who specializes in it. Because it's not only about if your kid has a lip tongue tie, it's about the functionality of that lip tongue tie to determine whether or not it needs to be released. Um, Morgan had both, but her functionality of her lip was really um, good. So we only released her tongue and um, we... I'm skipping so much. That's okay. And I mean, it's so, like we said before, like there's just so much so much to it. And that helped, but Morgan um, had a two-part issue where she had first, she had three-part. First, she had jaundice. So we had to get her in that beautiful blue blanket. 
Then she had the lip tongue tie. And then she had um, horrible acid reflux. So she breastfeeding was uncomfortable. It hurt. And so for no, for 10 weeks, I exclusively pumped. Well, I triple fed, I guess you would say, um, I put her to the breast, I pumped, and then I bottle fed her my pumped milk. And that shit sucks. And when you throw that in on top of already having a toddler, it really sucks. We got through it. She got met. She got her lip tongue. She got her tongue uh, released um, with a water laser, I believe. No, hydro laser. I forget. And um, she got on some medicine for her reflux. And then she started nursing like a champ and still is. But, ooh, it was hard. Yeah. I um, mean, just listening to that, I... I mean, you're amazing. I, I don't think I could have held out. I, I mean, that's awesome. Well, I want to say that like the biggest reason I was able to accomplish it with Morgan is because I had already accomplished it with Charlotte. So I knew what I was working towards. Yeah. And second, I had the ability to afford, um, a fantastic IBCLC who worked with me, did weighted feedings, did transfer feedings, and really helped me feel very confident in my nursing. Um, There is a certain amount of privilege that comes to being able to breastfeed if you aren't one of the lucky ones. And I truly say the lucky ones who just, you know, their baby latches and it's easy. And it's perfect. Yeah. Because in my experience, not that I know a ton of people, but in my network of mom friends, the majority is actually breastfeeding is really hard. Um, There is a very few minority that has just like no problems whatsoever, even if their problems aren't what my problems are. Right. But we're led to believe that this goes back to the romanticizing. We're led to believe that it's going to be quote, natural. It's It's instinctual. And a lot of people, I mean, me, I did it too. You, you hear natural. So you immediately think it's easy. Yeah. And I learned that, yes, it is natural. That Mm -hmm. does not mean it is easy by any stretch of the imagination. Yep. It is. There's a huge learning curve, not just for you, but also for the baby. And that's another thing that I learned as well. It's that it go like, yes, it's natural for us to do, but it's not necessarily instinctual, like the nope. physical act for the mom or for the, the lactating ba- person or the yeah. baby. At yeah, all. the baby has to practice it. You know, there's a reason why, and for anyone who doesn't know this, um, you know, it often takes 45 minutes to nurse a newborn and then they hit like three, four months and usually by five, 10 minutes, they're done. If they're on there longer, they're non-nutritively sucking, soothing themselves. Yeah. So, you know, what happens in that time, the baby's also practicing getting a stronger jawbone. The tongue is getting stronger. They're learning. Yeah. It is natural. It's not easy. 
how was that experience for you to learn that it's natural, but it's not easy? Because for me, and also let's throw in, you are brand new postpartum when you're doing all of this. So not only are you trying to feed your kid or you're trying to feed your kid and you have a toddler, your body is physically recovering, you're bleeding, you're cramping, you're exhausted. So there's just so many other factors that I think for me personally, really compounded and just made it so much harder for me. So how was it for you to kind of like, was it an eye-opening experience for you to realize that so much more goes into it than we are initially oh led to believe. It was like, is it only this hard for me? Mm. <laughs> and, and, um, I was really lucky that I, the IBCLC I saw, I took a breastfeeding class before I had my baby still didn't know how hard it would be. I mean, she, she tried to prepare us, but you really <laughs> don't know until you go through it but I was really lucky that she actually had. um, And when I truly say like, it was a free support group, it wasn't like free, but you also have to use me on the side, like a weekly free support group that I was able to attend. Um, That as a first time parent really made me feel like I was not, not alone. And as a second parent, I maybe went once or twice. It just gets like a lot more hectic, but I sure as heck, um, the second time around, don't know if I would have continued if I hadn't gone to that support group the first time and heard all of these women tell me how hard it is. Because another thing I forgot to mention was that the second time around, I was actually in the postpartum, um, or I guess it's called the maternity, but postpartum ICU for six days. So I'm in the ICU, like very sick, pumping, breastfeeding, all of this stuff. And, um, it was good in the, in, in the way that it helped fill my days, but because that's another thing I want listeners to know, or moms who are newly postpartum or pregnant, like do not feel Like you need to accomplish anything more than a, what you want to accomplish, but B like feeding your child is a full-time job. If you choose to chest feed or breastfeed because pumping is a shit ton of work. So, um, I just don't want, you know, our society, I think we talked about this actually in the first episode really puts so much admiration on people who are busy and moving. And, you know, like you see these women who give birth and like the next week they're like doing, I'm like, what is going on? You know, <laughs> like, I don't know what happened, but, um, no, I could never <laughs> like, like give yourself so much grace. And like, it might be that for a while, you do nothing all day, but feed your baby and eat yourself and sleep. And that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes when I feel, you know, now when I feel like, you know, lazy and I put that in quotation marks, or I just feel like I haven't had a pretty productive day. I kind of force myself to flash back to when I was one or two weeks postpartum and 
I often didn't brush my teeth until like two or three o'clock in the afternoon, or I didn't have a chance to shower. And, you know, I wasn't showering every day. I was showering every three or four days. And it kind of just makes me stop and like, no, I am doing as much as I can. And that's enough. And some days it's fine to do a whole lot less. I am really trying to be better with just giving myself grace to rest. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay. We don't have to be constantly moving, especially if you've just given birth. I mean, and if that's your style, like if you want to go back to work a week after you have given birth and you are okay with it, I think that's awesome. For me, I could never because I just, it was, um, I think we've talked about this before on the show. Um, Recovering from birth is pretty easy for some and very, very hard for others. And for me, it was very, very hard. And part of it was because breastfeeding or chest feeding was so difficult for me. Um, I, so when you talked about um, going to the, say it again, IBCLC. IBCLC. Um, I remember you texting me and saying, that you had a great one and um, that I should try and find one. And I was in like such a haze (laughs) that I was just like, okay, cool. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was also, you know, the freaking pandemic um, really impacted the amount of support that I received um, because I, you know, pretty much like aside from Jimmy and the lactation consultant that I did see, who was really, really kind. Did um, she come I, to your house? Cause she it was did like not. Okay. You know, I, I went, I went on base to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, she was great and she did help me and she did make me feel better. But I mean, other than seeing her, I went to her, uh, two times, three times, I think three times that was like, that was it. Was I had it? no yeah. other support. I wasn't going to, meetups. I wasn't talking to other parents because Mm -hmm. we were in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And it just wasn't reality, unfortunately. Especially with a newborn, COVID with a newborn. (laughs) Exactly. Like I was scared to go out of the house. I still am. (laughs) Um, So it was, it was really hard. And I, it's one of those things where like, I think a lot of us have, um, I guess I'll call them like COVID regrets where you just kind of think like, man, if only the pandemic weren't happening. I know that I would be doing X, Y, Z, or I know that X, Y, Z would be different. And unfortunately I think breastfeeding is something that would have been different for me. Mm -hmm. I think I would have been able to successfully chest feed. And I will say that this is just my opinion. This is just how I feel personally about it. So I exclusively pumped um, which is breastfeeding for those of you who do not know, because Robin was consuming the milk that came from yep. me. It's total breastfeeding. Yeah. It's just not chest feeding. He was not physically latched onto my body, but that's what I wanted. I wanted to chest feed. So for me personally, I am still very disappointed and very sad. Like I get very emo about it sometimes because it was just something that I wanted so bad for myself. And I just never expected it to be as hard as it was. Um, I have, um, I guess I have like short nipples. Hi, you're going to hear about my nipples. (laughs) 
Oh, everyone. I mean, all you mothers listening know this. And for you who aren't mothers or don't know a mom, there is like, you give birth, there is like no shame. You think you'll, I mean, like, I know some people, you know, of course they don't want like the whole world seeing everything, but like, Yo, it's just really different. It's like, different. Like different. <laughs> you care. Like I'm telling you, that baby comes out and your fuck meter just do <laughs> like immediately. It is just like it's it's going down, it's going down. I mean, I spent I was like basically not wearing clothes like the entire time I was at the hospital. Like, who cares? So I'm gonna 100 percent talk to you about my nipples and yep. <laughs> I don't really care what you think because guess what? Everyone has them, even yep. dudes. Like who even cares? That. So it turns out that I have short nipples and I have very large boobs. If you have never seen a picture of me, hello. <laughs> I have very large boobs. Um and it was hard for Robin, who had a lip and a tongue tie, to latch. Um, and so when I got back from, um, surgery to close up the tears in my cervix, one of the nurses put a nipple shield on me and I had, I mean, I pretty much had no idea what I was doing. Um, I had read, I had read a lot. I had taken like video courses, but again, couldn't go to the breastfeeding course cause it was canceled. Um, so mm-hmm. I definitely was lacking in some information, but I thought I knew enough. I hadn't learned anything about nipple shields, unfortunately, because I was definitely like, oh, I don't think I'll need that. And if I do, like, it'll be fine. Uh, the nipple shield that the nurse put on me was way too small. Oh, so wasn't right. Yes. So Robin lashed onto that nipple shield, but it was so painful for me. And so I ended up having nipple trauma on Mm -hmm. that nipple. Like it was even like scabbed a little bit. Like it was bad. Yeah. Um, So that is kind of how my breastfeeding journey started. Um, And I was having a really hard time. I didn't produce. And I think we talked about this in Melissa's episode. I didn't produce like hardly any colostrum, which is fine. You know, everybody's different, but that made me very anxious about like, okay, when is my milk going to come in? When is my milk going to come in? I need to feed this baby. I need to feed this baby. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, he's going to lose too much from his birth weight. Like he's starving. You know, the wheels were just turning. Mm -hmm. And, um, so once my milk finally came in though, I definitely, by the way, I want to ask what day was that? I gave birth on Tuesday. My milk came in. I gave birth on Tuesday evening, 6 30 PM. My milk came in at like 6 PM Saturday evening. So that's one, yeah. two, four days later, four days later. I yeah. want to like normalize that for people. Cause a lot of people don't know that either. It took yeah. me five days, both times for my milk to come in. Yeah. It, it's not, you know, you don't give birth and that milk flows in 24 hours. Well, not usually, you know, some yeah. women, but and it is important to highlight that because that added to my stress. Mm-hmm. And I had a vague idea. Um, I remember, I think the figure that I read was three to five days. So of course me, I'm like banking on like, oh, so it's going to be like three days for sure. Or mm-hmm. I was also thinking that like, oh, it'll start to slowly come in. So maybe mm-hmm. by day two, no. And for me, it just didn't work like that. No. And it's so, yeah, it's really important to highlight. Thank you. It's really important to highlight that like, it's not instantaneous. It takes no. time just like with everything else with this entire process. Yeah. And although it's not instantaneous when it happens, it ha- once it happens, it 
Like I remember my pediatrician being like, did your milk come in? And I'm like, I don't know. And he was, he literally was like, you would know you'd wake up with porn star boobs. Yeah. And then when it happened, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like I know what you know. He's right. Literally like so like hard as a rock, like the boobs, like Regina George's mom's boobs from Mean yeah, Girls. Like exactly. <laughs> that is what, if you, if you need something to compare it to, that is what it is. The first mm-hmm. time your milk comes in. So go Google that and you'll understand what we're talking about. But I was waiting for that. And I had so much anxiety about it. And Then it finally happened and Robin just still couldn't latch. So very similar to you, he had a pretty severe lip and tongue tie. Um, The lactation consultant is the one who noticed it. And again, very similar to you, she recommended us to a pediatric dentist and he had it revised with a laser. And it was, I mean, it took us longer to drive to the appointment than the actual revision. Yeah, it was seconds and which was cool, but it was, um, still difficult for me after oh my that. God. Yeah. yeah. And it was just so I didn't realize, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I didn't realize the emotional trauma that can come with breastfeeding. Yeah. I and then you put in the people who, you know, don't ex- don't, you know, they plan to breastfeed and they don't, you, you can't plan, not always can you plan to be a low producer or a no producer or all the other emotional baggage that can happen. Yeah. It's such a personal, emotional thing to go through. And we all, you know, like you said earlier, unless you have gone through it, you really most likely just don't no. So I was going through it. I was like, I was in there. And because Robin, before he got his revision, because it was so painful for him to latch on because he had such a shallow latch and he just couldn't do it. I began to dread breastfeed. I yep. like, I didn't want to do it. Like it like toe curling pain. Yep. And so I didn't want to do it. I would just like, I would be almost in tears every time. And pain is not normal people. Yeah. Like it should not, you don't fight through the pain. Like it shouldn't be painful like that. If it's painful like that, like I had that too, something is wrong. Your breast is too full. There's a lip tongue tie. There's something, some mechanical something is not lining up. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I mean, like obviously not as painful as giving birth, but it's like, it's a different pain when it's just like, yes, it is a biting sharp pain and it sticks with you mentally. So that's where I was. And I was also, I had a, I was very emotional and in like a pretty dark, heavy place, the first um, like week and a half postpartum. So I was also combating that. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, let's also add on to the fact that I couldn't walk more than like 20 steps without being in major pain. I Mm -hmm. was sitting on an ice pack. There's so many things going on when you're trying to figure this out. It's such a vulnerable time. So vulnerable. Yes. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And I wish that we all knew more about how breastfeeding really truly works because I think then a lot of people would be more sensitive to those in their life 
that they know who are going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I unfortunately still have this memory. Oh my gosh. We, I think it was either the day we came home from the hospital or the day after um, Jimmy was talking on the phone with a relative and I heard them ask if I was breastfeeding or if we were formula feeding the baby. And uh, let me just say, don't fucking ask that. Especially when it's a brand new fucking parent. Because the only time it's okay to ask it is if you are a friend coming from a good place because you don't want to show up with a breast friend pillow as a gift if the mother has chosen to formula feed. That's the only time it's okay because you want to bring something and you don't want to like bring it if they don't want it. That's yes. the only time it's You okay. can only ask if you're trying to make sure you bring the right gift because yeah. I want you to bring me the correct gift. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I will never forget that. And I remember just like looking at Jimmy and he kind of, he saw me like we locked eyes. So he kind of hesitated and he knew I was like, just pissed that someone would have the audacity to ask that. Why do you need to know? Why do you need to know how I'm feeding my child? Why does it matter? As long as I'm feeding my child, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Hey, great. Is your, is your baby eating? Cool. Congratulations. He's cute. All right. I'll talk to you later. And I will just unfortunately never forget that because I was in such a vulnerable place that we were having, I was having such a difficult time that we were having to supplement with formula Mm -hmm. and it was not what I wanted. It was just not what I wanted for myself. It's not what I wanted to do for Robin. So I was really, really emotional about that. And so for someone to ask, it was almost just like, girl, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Because it's almost like not you. Cause you're like, like you're in the midst of postpartum craziness, but, but now as for both of us, someone who's not in the midst of that, I want to be like, well, is my answer going to, are you going to like, give me all the tips that I need if I answer you? Because if not, and you're just being nosy, you Mm -hmm. don't need to ask this. Like, yeah. Do you happen to have recent breastfeeding or formula experience? Because if not, if you're not going to give me some feedback, this is probably not a question you need to ask. Yeah. Instead, be like, hey, I'd like to send something. Does does Do you guys prefer glass bottles or plastic bottles? Or are you not using bottles? If you're really trying to send something. Like, Again, if you're trying to send a gift, that is when you can ask. really no, no need like to ask. There really isn't isn't because it's such, unless you are the lactating person or the lactating person, person's support person, you don't need to know it's none of your business. Mm -hmm. And I only say that because unfortunately so many people ask just to be nosy. Yeah. It's pretty rare that you have someone asking because they want to make sure they bring the right gift or yeah. because they would like to help you if you need help in any way, shape or form. Most of the time it's people being fucking nosy and then they want to judge you based on your answer. Yeah. And that's immediately what I, what I took from that. And I just, that just made me feel even worse. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like, not, not a good time for me. So no. I, I met with the lactation consultant a second or a third time. And she, again, she was really nice. Um, she still made certain comments 
that were hurtful, once again, in a very vulnerable, sensitive place, but still she mentioned, oh, well, your breasts are pretty large. So that's going to make it difficult to breastfeed. I don't want to hear a comment like that. I don't want to hear a comment like that. I like, don't know if that's true. It's like true on, on the surface. It's true. Sure. Yeah. Just because the baby has a tiny mouth. Sure. And you have a big thing that you're putting into the tiny mouth. Sure. Sure. But the sure. good thing is, is your boobs not going in his mouth. Your nipple is. So right. it's like, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just like, uh, okay, great. So like another reason for me to not like my giant boobies, like, cool. Thanks. Um, it was, but I did, I remember asking her, you know, what if I, she was very like, look, you do whatever you want to do. I'm a lactation consultant, but I'm not going to pressure you to breastfeed. You want to choose formula? Absolutely. And she was very much feed your baby. It doesn't matter because I was, I think I even started tearing up. We, it was like a terrible, terrible night. Robin was inconsolable and we were doing the, um, is it called ISS? Mm-hmm. It's called. Yes. Yeah. So we were doing ISS feeding initially, which is, um, basically like I was using a syringe and a tube and a nipple shield. So yeah, it's a whole contraption. It is, yes. It is a whole thing. And it was working for the first, like, you know, couple days. And then it wasn't cause he wasn't getting enough and he was ready for more. And I said to the lactation consultant, you know, I gave in and I gave him a bottle of formula and she said, I'm going to stop you right there. You didn't give in. You fed your baby. Yeah. Your baby was hungry. You fed your baby. You did your job. So, and like, I almost started crying. Even right now I started to tear up because like, I'm so glad that she said that to me because she was able to just immediately like stop my shame in its tracks. And I'll never forget that, that like, no, there is no, there should be no shame in this. Our job is to take care of our children and feed our children. That's our job. I remember my lactation consultant. Now this was like at a breastfeeding class. So like the people there had planned to breastfeed, whether or not, you know, they could, or they ended up to as a different story. But um, I remember there wasn't much I could remember, but I remembered her saying, if something goes wrong, you're still in the hospital, you can't get in to see me. The three things, the only three things I want you to remember are feed the baby. I don't care how maintain your supply by pumping. If you can't feed and seek help, like those are the only things I want you to remember. And, um, I, I remember being in a moment where I was like, I don't like panicking, like she has any, and I was just like, we're just going to feed the baby. We're going to maintain supply and we're going to email her and get an appointment. Like, (laughs) but I'm so glad you had that experience because not all people are like that. Yeah. And when a woman is in literally the most vulnerable time of her life, there is nothing more that you need to tell a mother other than how you can help her and how she's doing a great job, the best job, because it doesn't, the way you feed your child doesn't determine how good of a mother you are. They don't go hand in hand. Like there's zero 
relation whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> you're a good mother because you feed your child. Exactly. It's how. Yeah. Um, another thing that I ended up kind of repeating to myself, um, because I saw it probably on social media is, um, your, what was it? Something like your milk is not your worth. Yep. Like you are still a good parent, whether or not you are lactating, whether or not you are using breast milk, like you're still a good parent. And, um, I've mentioned this book before, I think on here, bringing up baby, the, by yeah. Pamela Druckerman. Um, I feel like I need to read it again. Cause I just loved it so much. I had so much insight. And one of the things that I found was really surprising is that, um, in France, it's actually the opposite, um, in terms of, you know, what is best to feed your baby in America. We are very much, I hate this term at this point, breast is best. No, it's not. Um, and it's actually the opposite in France. Like it's very, very common. Majority of women immediately from the get-go are giving their kids formula. And it's almost strange if you are choosing to breastfeed. It's almost frowned upon if you're choosing to breastfeed, just like here in the States where it's the opposite. You're almost frowned upon or shamed if you're choosing to formula feed. And it really just goes to show you that you can be doing what you think is best and some people will still think that what you're doing is wrong, yeah. but do what works for you. And what worked for you was breastfeeding long-term. What worked yeah. for me was exclusive pumping. And guess what? They're both breastfeeding. Yeah. They're and, both fucking hard and they're both breastfeeding. And I have friends who, well, I have friends who went into having like got pregnant. They knew right away. They, they wanted to formula feed. They knew that I had friends who plan to breastfeed and then change their mind. And that's okay too. Like you have to do what works for you. And every generation is different. Like yeah. you look at like, um, at least from what I was told, like my grandparent, my grandmother's generation. And back then you, you formula fed, yeah, like that's what you did. And you only breastfed if you could not afford to formula feed. Yeah. And so I just wish there were more people who just said to new mothers, like, listen, this is your choice and it's only your choice. And if you want to breastfeed, I am going to help you. We're going to get the resources. I'm going to refer you to the right places. And we're going to help you make this happen. If you want a formula feed, I'm going to stop asking you about it, like in the hospital or whatever. I'm not going to bring it up all the time and let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be like the, the only reason it should be quite a big topic of conversation is to make sure that mothers are linked with resources to feed their baby the way that they want to. Yeah. Because if there's one thing that I could tell any breastfeeding, if any woman is pregnant and wants to breastfeed, the one advice I would give them before they give birth, you might not think you'll need it. Just find an IBCLC, have the name, have the phone number, have the email. You may never use it, 
You don't even need to contact them in advance. Just have that information because you may think like, oh, if I need if I need help, like I'll just Google it after I'm having a baby. Like, trust me, you don't have the mental no, ability. There, yeah, <laughs> there is not enough mental energy in the world for you to Google something like that at a time like that. And you, and talk about going down a Google rabbit hole at the worst time. Yep. That is, yep. That's an amazing piece of advice. Just have your resources, your support people ready, you know, just have it on a post-it, have it saved in your phone, make that part of your postpartum care plan. Mm-hmm. Again, and if you, you don't may need never, it, great. Exactly. You may never contact them ever, but in the event that it's three in the morning and you're in tears, Mm -hmm. knowing that you have that phone number, that you have that email address and you can send out an email or make a call in the morning will be the first step to helping you feel better about it. Cause it's fucking hard. It's so hard. Yeah. And you're going to be so exhausted. Like, (laughs) yes. Like, I mean the, and I don't, this is like, you're just, you're dumb. (laughs) Seriously, you're dumb. And like in the sweet, I mean this in the sweetest way possible, but you are stuck on stupid for at least, at least minimum the first two weeks, minimum. Yeah. I mean, that's being, I'm just being nice. I don't want to scare people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's nothing to be scared of. It's just like another example of like, give yourself grace because it's, it's going to get better. It's just, your body's recovering, you're exhausted and your literal biology is just like survival. Like that's all it's trying to do. Yeah. And that's a good point though, that you say it's going to get better because that applies to no matter what decision that you make in terms of how you want to nourish your baby, because you'll figure out how you want to do it and it'll make you feel better. You know, like once I, once I, once I decided that, you know, exclusive pumping is just what I'm going to do. The sense of relief that mm-hmm. came over me once I had found what worked for me, once I realized that this was something that I could do and I felt good about it and mm-hmm. I was still, which was my goal, I was still giving Robin my breast milk, mm-hmm. it got better. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to remember that because- you're going to feel like this is forever and it's terrible, but it's not. And you have to find that support, but you also have to self-advocate because if people are judging you, if people are approaching you, honestly, like I said, that fuck meter, just let it dip to the lowest point in that moment. Yeah. Be like, listen, if you don't have any, you don't have any, like, did I ask for your advice? That's my first question. Did I ask? Oh, I didn't. Okay. Go away. Two, if you don't have any constructive, good things to give me, you're just asking to be nosy. Like we stated earlier, I don't need to talk to you about it. It's such a personal thing that I definitely feel like unless you bring it up to someone, odds are they shouldn't just don't ask. It's also not a question to ask because there are a lot of people that within the first couple of weeks, like they don't know how they're going to be feeding their baby. Like that day they might've been breastfeeding the day before they might've been formula feeding mm-hmm. tomorrow. They might be hybrid feeding, which yep. is both. They might not know the answer to that question. 
Yeah. And so they're in, they're, they're already in a place where they're trying to figure this out and they don't, no one needs the external pressure because there's no pressure like a new mother's putting on herself already. Yes. So yeah, 100%. And that was, that was me. Like in the beginning, I was putting so much pressure on myself and also how I was feeding Robin was changing every single day for at least the first three weeks, because I was trying to figure out what worked for me. Yeah. And, um, it's also, you know, going back to that shame aspect. Once I did figure out that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to exclusively pump. Um, and I was still on the receiving end of people asking me if I'm breastfeeding or formula feeding or whatever. I, I realized after time that I was phrasing it, um, in like a, in a way that was very clear that I was disappointed. I would say, no, I wasn't able to breastfeed, but I'm exclusive pumping. Mm -hmm. But as I got more confident in it, and also as I learned that exclusive pumping is breastfeeding and there is a difference between breastfeeding and chest feeding. um, If someone would ask me if I was breastfeeding, I would say yes. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It made me feel freaking good Mm -hmm. because that's what I wanted to do. And I was doing it. Um, I just, it's such a complex issue and also not even, I had written this in my notes and we just didn't end up getting into it, which is totally fine. But you brought up the fact that like go breast or how you feed your baby, like basically the trend changes mm-hmm. over time. And then also not to mention the fact that like, it is very common practice for white moms or white parents to breastfeed. And it is much less common for black um, indigenous women to breastfeed because in times of slavery, slaves, women slaves were used for their milk. They were the wet nurses for Mm -hmm. their master's children while their children were starving. So it's really, it goes so much deeper than just, are you breastfeeding or are you formula feeding? It's so much deeper than that. And I think everyone would really benefit from just doing the tiniest bit of research into it, just becoming more aware of everything that goes into it, including the history of it and also the history of formula and how that came to be and how it really has changed, you know, like the trend has changed mm-hmm. over time. Um, but that does remind me that I wanted to ask you, how were your experiences, especially because you were breastfeeding pre-COVID, how were your experiences, which is, you know, like it's so different. It is really different. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> how were your experiences feeding in public? So, um, I personally have never had a bad experience. I know that not everyone, um, everyone's personal experience, but I've had, so for any moms listening who have a child during COVID, for me, um, like my, my stomach is not something I want the whole world to see. Um, but I don't care if my breast is. So <laughs> I would lift up the top shirt. The tank top would be covering my stomach and then I could just like nurse. Um, I always, I personally chose, and this is a, again, totally a personal decision 
to um, not really use a cover. I mean, I did once or twice, but I found that a cover um, was, it hindered me more than it helped me because I had a, a lot of, it was hard to breastfeed and it just was in the way. And I feel like my a lot kids of people say like that. Swatting yeah. At it. Yeah. Yeah. I just did, never liked it. I've had, um, it's usually older people and equal men and women that will maybe from afar, like give me a thumbs up or they'll walk by and they'll say like, and they'll say like, Oh, that beautiful baby or like nothing that even has to do with breastfeeding, even though I'm breastfeeding, I've never had a negative experience whatsoever. Wow. With that being said, um, I didn't breastfeed. I stopped breastfeeding Charlotte at 17 months. And I'm now almost two years in with Morgan. And because of COVID, I haven't breastfed her in public. And I've in a long time. And I've heard um, from a lot of people that the most negativity they've received from breastfeeding is breastfeeding children that are, quote, older. Like that baby's too old to be breastfeeding or things like that. But I've personally had like really great experience where I've had people like, you know, um, like at doctor's offices or, but I've had people like bring me water wow. or like things like that to like, you know, not really even say much, just like bring me water and put it next to me just because like wow. for anyone who has pumped or breastfed, you get so dehydrated. Like you're so thirsty. Yeah. I've just had like so many people support me in little ways. And I've never had like negative experience, which wow. is probably really lucky. That's, I mean, and that's I, not what I expected you to say at yeah, all. Really wow. like great experience. I don't, I also don't know if it's because I live in a very liberal state, but, yeah. but I just, I've had a really great experience with breastfeeding in public. And um, I, I, I think the worst thing that someone could do is uh, not support a breastfeeding mother in public, because let's remember that we have laws protecting us. So if anyone out there had a bad experience, remember that you have the law behind you and whoever says anything to you can suck it. Like, even if there's someone of quote authority, like they don't know what they're talking about. You can breastfeed wherever you want. Yeah. It's just feeding your child. It's not, it's nothing sexual. Breastfeeding nothing. is not sexual in nature at all. And thanks to the patriarchy, it has, or, you know, they try to make it, oh, well, she's flashing us. No, dude, I'm feeding my kid. If you can't handle that, like, I don't know, go to a different Starbucks. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's just, it's wild to me that it's, that we are still fighting this battle of people thinking that it's indecent Mm -hmm. or it's inappropriate it's just, it's, yeah, it's wild to me, but I do feel like it's also like a very American thing because I've been places overseas. Um, not where I've breastfed. I wasn't breastfeeding overseas. I didn't have children at the time where it's like, it's not even a thing. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
no one like sees a breastfeeding mom and is like, her boob is out. Yeah, like no one bats an eye. No. And no. that goes back to Americans are very weird about nudity. We're weird about sex things. We're weird about so many things that people in other countries, again, don't even notice, don't care about. And breastfeeding is definitely, yeah, it's definitely one of them. So stupid. Totally. Um, I did want to talk about the, one of the last things I want to talk about was um, what happens to our bodies hormone wise when we are weaning or when we stop breastfeeding, because this is another thing that is just so unknown for all of us who are going through it or about to go through it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I wasn't, yeah, like I didn't know that I was going to feel so freaking sad. Like depression hit me hard when I was weaning. And as an exclusive pumper, the way I weaned was that I pumped one less time a day every week. So like when I was in the thick of it, I was pumping like six to seven times a day. So it's like every two to three hours. So then when I decided I wanted to stop the next week, I did five times a day and then the next week, four times. So by the time I was down to like two or one times a day, two or one times a day, I was just like sad. And I, it took me a, a hot second to realize that. I was sad because the hormones in my body were changing because I was, you know, drying up. I wasn't producing as much milk and I was telling my body, okay, we're shutting it down. Mm -hmm. And it just, it really throws you and it kind of sticks with you for a couple, like a couple of days. For me, it was probably like a solid week or two where I was just really sad. And I, then I regret, then I had regret. I was like, oh my God, well, why am I doing this? Like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to stop pumping. Like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not time for me, but yeah. What was it like for you? Cause this is such a thing that people don't know that it, it is like, it just makes you sad. Yeah. So it's like a catch, right? Because breastfeeding is so hard and it can bring all these emotions, but at the same time, science, science tells us that, um, breastfeeding decreases your chance of postpartum anxiety and depression. And you see that, or some women see, can really see that once they're weaning. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, with Charlotte, I did similarly to you, except I did, we dropped like a feeding every month. And I kind of did that intentionally because Again, Charlotte's my older, my older child. This was way before COVID. I was in breastfeeding support group and I would hear women um, talk about this, like talk about how hard weaning was. And so I'm, I made the decision to, I was already battling postpartum anxiety and I was really, really nervous of what this could, you know, add on to that. So I made the decision to wean a feeding every month um, because I really wanted to curb that drop. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still felt it. I still felt it a bit. Um, It, it was your, your, your body has built hormones for nine months and then 
if you choose to formula feed, you give birth and those hormones plummet. And if you choose to breastfeed, however that journey might look, eventually they start going down. And that's when, you know, we're not being shy here. For most women, your period returns because your hormones are starting to level out your your body's telling your reproductive system, you know, I'm not saying you're ready for it, but your body's telling your reproductive system, like, okay, we don't have a child nursing anymore. Let's get ready to make another it's time. one. time. Psych. Like, girl, yeah. you better pump your mother effing breaks. And it, it is quite the, um, it's quite the emotional experience. Hormones really mess with you. Like they can do some crazy things. And a lot of my friends, um, had the same experience. And I, you know, I questioned going to like, uh, a doctor about my hormones, but a lot of them will say like, we would prefer to not really see you until you're done breastfeeding because your hormones are all over the place right now. Um, So I know it doesn't work for everyone. And I know that everyone has the luxury of time or they're just done when they're done. But I kind of did like a slow decrease to curve that the kind of the way you did. I still experienced it. Um, I would say for me, it was only a couple of days, but it, it's like your body's doing its final release. Like, We're not growing someone or feeding someone. It's time to relax. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's like, yeah, it kind of, your body's relaxing, but it makes you sad. And it just, it just bring, for me, I just felt down. I just like didn't have any energy and everything kind of bothered me. And I was just sad. And I don't remember I think maybe I had previously learned that when you stop lactating or when you wean, that can happen. But I had, again, in that, you know, newborn postpartum haze, I had forgotten. Um, But once I remembered it, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, so this is it. At least I can identify, I can name it. This is what's happening. But it still sucks. Um, I think it's a really good point that you bring that up because, if I had not heard that in breastfeeding support group, which I was lucky enough to attend because this was back in 2016, pre COVID life, I would have actually, I don't think I would have known that. And, um, I could have seen myself, uh, weaning much quicker and it it not working out, not to say anyone needs to wean slowly, but it was just what I did for myself because I was already struggling. Um, but I think it's still good to educate people with that because for anyone who's breastfeeding right now or going to be breastfeeding, like just remember your body is still going through a lot of stuff when you're breastfeeding, you're producing milk. And in order to produce that, your hormones are all over the place. So being, or being told this super eye opening to me, like there's so many things that I had the luck I don't even know of knowing because I had a child pre-COVID and was mm. able to attend a support group like I, I really feel for first time pandemic mothers like so much like even 
mothers who, you know, are at home and they're, they're having to formula feed for any reason, but not the, but they hadn't planned to and not having the support of even like a formula support group for, for mothers who, you know, didn't plan to use formula and now are and had no choice. Some things are really taken from COVID mothers and um, how great is this podcast? Because it's like, I'm not trying to like talk you up. Don't get a big head. <laughs> but um, this is a support group for a lot of parents because right now you might not be able to see your friends and you might not be able to go to support groups. And to know that you're not alone is like, really, it's like the best feeling postpartum. Like, oh, this happens to other people. Like, yes. Oh my God. To know that you are not alone in whatever you are going through as a new parent is just like, it's the biggest sigh of relief. You're just like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're not broken. No, yes, this like, is not. Oh my God. Yes, seriously. And it's, it really is sad. It's like, it's, it really is one of those COVID regrets where it's just that there are so many new parents who are not getting the support that they need right now just because of um, the state of the world and the state of the pandemic. But, Hi, I'm here <laughs> again. And look for online support groups. That's true. There are online support groups. Um, my therapist actually, I'm glad you bring that up. My therapist actually told me on, um, is it Postpartum Support International? I believe she said that there, there's a list of kind of just resources there's a list of books. There's a list of groups that you can, I'm sure, virtually join. Um, so there is, you know, there are things out there to help you. And unfortunately, we can't do things in person, which is for most of us the best way to experience stuff like this. Um, it definitely is for me personally, but there are still things out there. And if anything, I guess you can just like listen to us talk once a week about <laughs> how much stuff is hard and awesome all at the same time. Yeah. I can't ask you the traditional final question because I've already, you were the first person that I asked it to. Um, <laughs> so um, since you, you also so graciously um, gave us the lawn chair moment. So I figured <laughs> you're famous. <laughs> So I figured I would ask you if you have had, like, what's been a launcher moment that you've had lately? Because I mean, let's be honest, they can be pretty few and far in between right now. Oh yeah. So I, um, so for four years, I mean, my launcher moment was pretty much having any time alone and there's nothing wrong with that, but I feel like just last spring, I found a hobby I'm super passionate about, which is gardening. It's so corny, but no, I, I love, love to it. garden. <laughs> so I'm like in the midst of like, it's February. I'm itching for spring. I want to get my garden going. So my lawn chair moment this week is that um, for the first time ever, I'm starting seedlings inside and I have onion, pepper, and um, 
lettuce seedlings growing inside right now and they started sprouting and so every little every day I check on them and I feel so impressed with my work work. (laughs) like like I totally did it um but my lawn chair moment is definitely checking on my little seedlings and finding a passion outside of motherhood which took me four years (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? Some people, it takes them 18. So you're doing, you're doing well. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see right now. I'm like trying to, trying to get my husband on board with me getting a greenhouse. So (laughs) yeah. Um, what about you? Have you had an armchair moment? Um, did you say armchair? Yeah. A lawn chair. (laughs) Excuse me. You invented it. It's lawn chair moment. I know by the stop sign. Come on. (laughs) By the stop sign. Um, (laughs) Well, so I've actually started to, so pretty much like for the most part on Saturdays and Sundays, Jimmy is like the main parent, I guess we could say. Like I kind of like take it back. Yeah. Like I kind of take a back seat because I'm like, look, I did this shit all day, every day for five days. Mm -hmm. I'm a little burnt out. I'm just going to like, you make the bottles today. You feed like Mm -hmm. you figure out what he's eating for lunch. Like I'm just going to hang out. And I actually, I guess this is my real lawn chair moment. I have started taking a nap every Sunday, like an an early to late morning nap, like pretty much every Sunday where I'm just like, okay, um, I'm tired. I'm going to go take a nap. And it's just, that's awesome. It's lovely. Lovely. It's just nice. That is awesome. <laughs> like, honestly, round of applause for you. <laughs> Were you about to say congratulations? <laughs> yeah, because honestly, that too. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations on your nap. Thank you. <sighs> it's... I mean, honestly, though, a nap is like a parenting win. Like, if you can get one in there, I was never a nap person before I had kids. Same. I could literally fall asleep anywhere at any time right now. <laughs> like I'm like downstairs, the kids are playing in the basement and I'm laying on the carpet and I literally will sometimes fall asleep and I'll wake up and I'm like, how long have I been asleep? How long has this happened? <laughs> Everyone's okay. Check the walls. No magnets in the Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just whatever your launcher moment is for you. And I mean, I feel like for me, it changes, you know, every now and then grab it with a death grip and never let it go (laughs) because we all, especially in this fucking never ending pandemic. We, we need it. You need something to make yourself feel good. Even if it's only for five, 10 minutes. Yep. Give yourself that break. Yeah. Do like, it. Just do it. Just shove the parent guilt aside. Tell it to shut up for five mm-hmm. minutes and you will feel better. And when you feel better, you're a better, better parent. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for helping me. Well, thank when you I for was, helping me. Yeah, girl, seriously. Thanks for sending me that stuff when I was trying to figure out my shit. And thanks for being an amazing advocate for mothers everywhere, parents everywhere. Okay, stop it. You're like, this is very complimentary. Oh, 
I'm but being I'll take serious. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and before I forget, I said I was going to do this in the beginning. LOL. Totally forgot. I even wrote it. You watched me write it on this post-it and I didn't do it. Oh, yes. <laughs> so you were my very first episode and over a thousand downloads later, you are now going to be the 15th episode. So I just woo-hoo. wanted to, woo! I just wanted to highlight that we have hit over a thousand downloads in just under three months, which is really, really amazing. Um, I just really appreciate you guys for listening and taking the time to share and taking the time to share with other people and taking the time to share with me and helping me create, um, this community that I didn't know how much I needed until I had it. And now I can't do without it. And congratulations because like you're doing it. Like your baby's (laughs) not even one. Look at you. You're doing it. I'm I'm doing it. This I'm you're doing the damn thing. (laughs) Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been fun because it's been what I needed, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, I'm sure it's work, but it's wor- well worth it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, you're an, it's just ass. another job that I don't get paid for. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> for now, right? For now. for now. For now. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you so much. Who seriously. Knows? Maybe next month you'll be like sponsored. Who knows? You never know. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Selling Maybe. tummy tea. <laughs> Maybe I'll get, sp- you know what? You know who I want to sponsor me? Zoloft. <laughs> there you go. Honestly. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, but seriously, thank you so much. Um, Maybe, you know, third time's a charm. Maybe we'll see you again. <laughs> we'll see. I'll remain a mystery. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Anytime. Happy to be here. Thank you for caring what I have to say. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.